This episode is sponsored by Luminous Creative Agency. Headquartered in downtown Providence, Luminous works with businesses and organizations to enhance their marketing efforts by developing high-quality creative content, such as video, ad campaigns, design, branding, and more. You can learn more by visiting Luminous.agency. That's L-U-M-I-N-O-U-S dot agency. Welcome back to the Hey Roadie Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the people of the Ocean State. We are your hosts, Nick and Sasha. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone is feeling good out there. Um, today's episode of Who to Watch series is with Liza Birkin, and she was so fun. Yeah, seriously. Uh, it was a really cool conversation. I wasn't positive how excited I was going to be to talk about just bikes and bike lanes, mm. but she's uh, really passionate about it and uh strong convictions and yeah. very well informed and it was Amazing. it was really cool yeah, yeah it was wonderful and um and we talk about it a little bit in the episode but through Liza I think Nick and I both realized that something as simple as like a bike lane a bike path safety for bike riders actually is way more important than you would even think because it touches on so many other aspects of people's lives and safety and um, their autonomy, all this stuff. So it was a really cool conversation. And honestly, after we talked to her, I went in my basement and I dusted off my bike. Although it was like 10 degrees, so I didn't actually go for a bike ride. It's prepped. <laughs> it's ready. It's ready. It's I'm ready to roll on the bike path. So it was great. I, I really loved talking with her, even um, learning that like, you know, she started working as like a what are they called? A pedicab? A pedicab, yeah. Which is crazy. Which I uh, I think in the middle of the conversation, I f- totally forgot what to call that. And I <laughs> called it a rickshaw. Uh, same thing. Similar, Although yeah. Although isn't a rickshaw like the guy that like runs with it? Yeah, it might be right. like you move your body and not your bike. But anyway, yeah, Liza was just awesome. I can't wait to um, see what happens. She has some really exciting things coming up in 2022, and I can't wait to watch what happens. Um, and on that note, speaking of things that are happening, Nick, do you want to update people about our party? Why, yes. Funny you should ask. <laughs> uh, we decided that we were going to move the date for our party. You're probably going to notice, uh, those of you that have listened to all the episodes, we talk about the party quite a bit in the first couple, uh, and then you won't really hear anything about it. And that would be because we pulled those sections out because we were trying to reschedule. With, with everything going on with uh, the Omicron variant and the wave of new cases and all of that fun, happy stuff that we've all been dealing with, we thought it was best <laughs> to... Uh, just reschedule our party to a time when we could really have a good party and celebrate these folks the way that uh, they, they deserve, deserve to be it. Heck so, yeah. Uh, that's going to be on April 26th now, which is going to be warm enough where hopefully we can open up the bay doors, uh, let some air in, mm-hmm. uh, utilize our outdoor area, and it should be just really great. So we're looking forward to that. Tickets are still available. We haven't shut down uh, the ticket per. I can get it there. (laughs) We haven't shut down the ticket purchasing website. Uh, That's just going to run and be open from now until the um, party itself. So whenever you have time, pop on there, get your tickets and uh, be ready to celebrate our wonderful Who to Watch folks. Yeah. And have a lot of fun listening to our conversation with Liza. Yeah. Enjoy. Always be recording. All right, so we'll get started. Liza, it's so good to have you. We're so excited to have. You know, what's funny is I've I've read so much about you know the bike lanes and the Providence Street Coalition, all this stuff, and I I've never actually got to like be one on one with you. So this is really exciting for me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yay! Um, so for you know anyone listening, what is who who is Liza Birkin? <laughs> who are you? How did you get here? Oh my gosh. It's a tough one. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, just a small, casual first question. Um, <laughs> um, Liza Birkin is a person who grew up in the suburbs. I would, of I would love if you just talked in the third person for the rest of the show. Yeah, okay. So I grew up in the suburbs of Boston. I absolutely hated the suburbs my whole life. Um, and I wanted to live in a city <laughs> as soon as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up biking a lot for for fun, as you do. Um, and um, and and my my town had no main street. There was just strip malls and like a really and like dangerous roads. 
Um, but the town next to us actually had like a walkable historic main street with shops and I could ride my bike there, get off the bike and then walk around to the shops. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I like why I like this town so much more than my town. <laughs> um, and I didn't know it, but that was like the seed. I didn't even know that urban planning was a field then. I hadn't I was I did not discover urban planning until my mid-20s, um, as many people do. But uh that's when the seed was planted. I was like, wow, it feels so much I like this town better. Why did why why can't I walk around in my town? Um and so I ended up going um, to the University of Wisconsin in Madison, um, following my mom's footsteps. She had gone there too. I wanted to live. I wanted to experience uh, life outside of New England. I just wanted to live in a different part of the U.S. And Madison, Wisconsin, is an incredibly amazing city. Um, it is an isthmus on a lake in, in between two lakes, and it's just known for its food and art and culture um, and and bikeability, um, which I didn't even know at the time, but I went there, I immediately bought a bike and then I was like, okay, this is super cool. Um, <laughs> and that's when I started becoming an everyday bike rider. Um, I started you know, getting my groceries by bike and going to the doctor and um, going to class obviously, um, and, and not just riding for fun and exercise. And I studied journalism and mass communications. <laughs> um, yeah, right during the collapse of the industry. And all of my professors were like, I don't know, you tell us what you think journalism is going to be. <laughs> my God. I've always, yeah, I've loved, I've always been a writer um, mm. and a communicator. And I was like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Which is funny, like to fast forward, whatever, how many years later, and you're like the what you have going on now takes like a little bit from your like biking, your love of being in a city, your love of like communicating and marketing and writing. Like it kind of takes like a step of all those things. We're like big fans of foreshadowing over here. And I'm like, this is like a full shadow, a uh, foreshadow, full circle. We love this sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, I will also say that my cousins grew up right outside of Providence. And so I, I was I was very familiar with Providence as a kid. I came here a lot. I bought my first bra at Nordstrom's. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my mom took me to get a bra. Um, I went to Waterfire, you know, so I was familiar with Providence. I really liked Providence always. Um, and um, and then I and, and my cousin is like my sister and she and uh, she ended up moving back here and taking a job at Brown and I was sleep crashing on her couch and I was like oh my god I love this place yay um, yeah. thanks, thanks cousin yeah thanks cousin <laughs> lives in now oh, <laughs> like, darn it you stayed yeah. she left what a that's fine <laughs> um and yeah so after college i moved i moved back to rhode island my my mom moved to narragansett and i moved here and i took a job as a pedicab driver in newport huh. i was like okay journalism's collapsing i don't know what's gonna go on there um and somebody people will pay me to ride a tricycle for months <laughs> i've never met a pedicab driver like i've never had like a full-on conversation with a this is very cool yeah i did it for six years wow yeah, and I met, and that's how I met like my base of friends in Rhode Island, um, and they are the dearest people to me. And like that's basically why I never left is because of pedicabbing. Wow, <laughs> that's what really quick. Not to like make this all about pedicabs, but like, can you tell what is that like? Like, what like what is your schedule like? What is like? <laughs> what? I can't even imagine <laughs> pedicabbing. It is fascinating. It's an it's a really important part of my life. Um, it is crazy. <laughs> so, so you can do a day shift or a night shift. I would always do the night shift because um, it's like not as hot and people are have their wallets more open at night. Yeah. Newport. And people have been drinking probably more apt to be like, I don't want to walk up this hill to get to my car, like sort of situation. Exactly. So I would work from 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. every like three or four days a week. Um, and you, you would be there'd be like 12 to 16 other pedicabs on the streets and you're roaming around looking for rides like a taxi um and when i started it was before uber and there were no hardly any actual taxi cabs in newport and it, we were really it and so people would get super drunk <laughs> and they would have no way they didn't know where they were people go to newport to absolutely wild out i'm sure everybody knows that um but and we're the people that you go to after the bar like when you <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, this is like the I this you could have asked me where this conversation was gonna go. I wouldn't even put you like a million dollars on pedicabbing in Newport. That is so cool. Is that still a thing? Like, is there still pedicabs oh, yeah. in Newport? I feel like it I, is. maybe it's because I'm not someone who like actively looks for one. You know, they say like, oh, if you buy like a Jetta, all you see on the road are Jettas, right? right? So maybe it's one of those things. Like if you are someone who like has taken a pedicab before, you look for them. But I guess I've yeah. never taken one before. I've always heard that called uh, blue car syndrome. Oh. You buy, buy a blue car, see blue cars. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I not that I I'm not in Newport all the time, and I'm not really a huge drinker, so that could be it too. Like I'm usually a I'm usually like the human pedicab, like getting my group together and like guiding them to like <laughs> the next place or to the car. So maybe that's why I'm so focused yeah. on them. But it's still a thing. Absolutely, I mean, and it's super fun thing for families to do during mm. the day for kids. Like kids love it. People love it. It's it's a really like the often people are um, who ride pedicabs are like relatively versed in the history and can give a tour you can book them for a tour go see the mansions you know do that do that thing but also the a to b transportation at night um and it's super fun and like pedicab people are are wild and crazy um we're kind of like the bohemian underbelly of newport um (laughs) um and you know they're they're a bunch of weirdos and 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 really rad people um who i love dearly and uh yeah, it's worth doing. If you're, next time you're in Newport, go take a pedicab ride. Did you but, live in Newport while you did this? Yeah. So at first I was in Providence. Yeah. Um, I was in Providence for like two and a half years, like 2013 and 2015. And then I did end up moving to Newport full time because after my second summer pedicabbing, um, a full time job opened up at an, a bicycle advocacy nonprofit called Bike Newport. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started this journey of professional mobility advocacy which i didn't even know was a was a was a career that one could have but they were looking for a communications person and to talk about the importance of multimodal transportation and i was like oh my god that's me so um i did end up moving full-time to newport for about between three to four years um and it was wild and i didn't want to at first i really thought that newport was like this you know this like hedonistic place that where I would go to work and then come home to Providence where everything made sense. And, <laughs> um, but I did end up loving it. And Newport really is a dynamic place that it really is, um, has every, every, uh, socio the socioeconomic spectrum is a full one. Um, there are people doing all kinds of creative projects and, and, you know, it's a just smaller version of, of Providence, but, and the housing crisis is awful now. And, there's a lot of interesting things going on in Newport, um, more than people think. Yeah, you. I feel like most people go, like you said, like go to Newport to like get get wild, um, and they might not know like the actual like stuff that happens in Newport. But it's a very complex place. Like you know, you, yes. you're in that one little. I don't know if it's like a mile long or however long with all of like the fancy restaurants and all of like this and that. But it's like Newport is an entire like place that people live and it's not just exclusively that one like street that like feels like it's really you know fancy and whatever like there's so much that's happening like all around yeah, well I, I feel like Newport people either <laughs> either go for a few hours a couple times a year or they most of the people that live there never leave the island correct so there's not a lot of like cross-pollination that happens it's either like straight up tourism or like we're never leaving (laughs) yeah i was part of a group of a social circle that was that did have some crossover like the creative um you know like the art scene was we would try to get up to providence and try to invite providence artists down Mm -hmm. to play for us and hang out and um so there was like a little bit but yeah it's really it's really but um the yeah the year-round newport community is really beautiful Mm -hmm. really intergenerational um which i love i and because it's small it's like yeah we're gonna hang out with all the the people no matter what generation we're in Mm -hmm. um that's really great so anyway i ended up then um going however the the government structure of newport is pretty invested in the status quo not really into change making in Mm. the ways that um providence politicians are Mm. Um, (laughs) and i ended up from there going to um tufts university to get a master's in urban and environmental policy and planning because i like knew that i love that multimodal transportation is important and i knew that like community organizing it was important, but I didn't know, like, I didn't have like the technical skills um, that I needed to further that. So I ended up going to get an urban planning degree. Um, 
and did that in Somerville and then immediately came back to Providence to start my work. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It yeah. seems like um, I know for me and I know we'll get more into this at how like Providence Street Coalition like started and stuff. But I you know for me, you know, I grew up in a rural town as well. And I think I had a really similar um, thought as you like, I just want to be a place that like I can walk places and I can like, I'm not a biker. I mean, I do have a bike. I bought a bike during last like the crazy COVID stuff because, you know, there wasn't a lot yeah. to do. And my husband and I started to get more into it. We live, you know, in Providence. So we'd like go down Benefit Street and like all that stuff. But then I hit a, like a few too many hills and I was like, I don't know if I can do this again. Like this <laughs> is like a little out of my wheelhouse. I'm not in shape for this. Anyway, um, uh, so, I can show you the flat routes if you want. Oh, yeah. I would actually love that. I said I said that to Brian, who's my husband. I'm like, can we like map out a place where it's not so hilly? Like, oh, my God, like, definitely. Oh, my God, Liza. I'm going to email you immediately after this <laughs> because I'm because like we we used to live down city. And I remember one time we took our bikes to Eastside Market <sighs> to go to the store. And there, the way there was perfect, like very, I mean, slight hills, which is fine. And on the way back, there's like one ginormous hill. And I'm yeah. like, I can't, I literally have a backpack full of groceries. I'm yep. not like a, like, I'm not someone who rides bikes all the time. So like even the, what's it, the gears, like shifting, mm -hmm. I was riding in like the wrong gear the whole time, like getting up this hill, like I'm sweating. I'm like, oh my God. Anyway. So I'm glad that that's an option. Flat road mapping is an, is an option. You got to get yourself like one of those assisted pedal electric bikes. No. So get just a little bit more. Out. No. Well, I mean, instead of giving up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give up. Liza is going to help me. Liza is the expert in this. Um, and so what I'm saying is, is like, I, I understand where, like, I've, I've felt the same way you did growing up. Like we had, I'm from Cumberland, right? In Rhode Island. So it's like, there were like a lot of back roads and neighborhoods, but there weren't like a, you couldn't like drive your bike to like the Lincoln mall to like, you know, go to Target or whatever like that. You're on a highway for a minute. Like it's, it's, crazy. So you'd have to either um, ask your parents, take a bus, but you'd have to like find a bus stop closest to you. Like it's just like very complicated. Um, totally. And then, you know, as I got older and I started like reading about how important bike lanes were for like the economy. So people who might not have access to, you know, a car or to a, a safe and easy like bus uh, bus route, like biking is really like a an option that creates opportunity for people to go shopping, to go to their job, to go to their school. And I didn't like it took me to get older to like you said, you didn't learn about urban planning until, you know, your 20s. And I'm like, when I learned about all that, I'm like, it's so funny how people would be like, oh, a bike lane. That's cool. It's like, actually, it does so many things. It's like very important. <laughs> and it's cool to have someone like you, Liza, who's like the I think in the article, the Who to Watch article, uh, Abby, who wrote it, puts it perfectly like in the conversation of all the bike lanes, like Liza Birkin is in the center of it. And I'm like, it's cool to have a person in the center of that, that like you can ask questions, you can talk to, you can, you know, find flat, flat road maps. You can, you know, ask what the importance is. Or I think that's really cool that you, you know, starting from when you were little and mapping <laughs> your way here and now you're fighting for everyone it's pretty yeah and uh i mean just so there's uh your whole uh the mobility thing and people you know obviously a bike is a hell of a lot cheaper than a car is yeah <laughs> um and then also like there's some places where you can probably get a like even places like boston do have bike lanes but it's a lot of people just riding on the roads as well um but they also have a subway system you know we right. have buses which is one thing but like Subway, a subway system makes it a little more accessible for everybody to get around the whole city. We don't have something like that. So, yes, we do still have the buses and the Ripta is incredible. It's great. They do a good job, yeah. but uh, it's limited. And then there's only a certain schedule. And if it doesn't line up with when you have to be at work or at class or any of those kind of things, there's not a, really any other options for some people. So the bikes can be incredibly important. Absolutely. All very true. Um, <laughs> yep. We're telling you things you already know. <laughs> you're saying you're you're doing great. You're like, you want to take my job? You're <laughs> no, I can't even bike up a hill. This would be I think I think the best part is like when we did the cover shoot with you, Liza, like you came riding on the pedestrian bridge on your little bike. And I was like, this is so on brand. Like, yes, I love this so much. Like it this was is cold as hell. I out. know it was so cold. And you're like, no, it's I warm. I think you said I warm up when I ride my bike. And I'm like, this is 
a dream. Like this is perfect. And honestly, like not only what you're doing for the community, but you yourself like riding all these places and doing all these things is motivation for people who, you know, I, I'm very lucky I have access to a car so I can drive places, but I would like to take my bike more places. I would like to, you know, I don't live that far from my, from the market I go to. It would be very nice if I could just take my bike there instead of, you know, having to get gas and doing, you know, that whole sort of spiel. So having like someone in the center of all this to be able to be like, Liza knows the answer to this is very (laughs) awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it is not. Nobody is saying that you need that anyone needs to be biking like 10 miles if that's their. (laughs) It's like, it's like something like 60% of all of the trips that we take are between zero and three miles. And maybe that's not your commute, but maybe it is the commute to the grocery store or maybe is the 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 distance between like your house and your friend's house like Mm. maybe it's not your work commute and that's fine but it's a different trip and so like providing safe options and getting us out of this the car is the only option Mm. that we have and that's it's car dependency that's what we call it is or like um car dominance (laughs) yeah Um, saying like let's the car is like a sledgehammer but you don't need a sledgehammer for every for everything, every uh, yeah, for every project that you're working on. Sometimes you need a wrench. Sometimes you, and like a bike can be a much lighter, um, obviously more sustainable, <laughs> ecologically, um, and 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 easy. Like mm. if you're going somewhere where there's not a lot of parking, if you're going to Down City and you're like, I don't want to, and it's only a mile from your house, and you're like, I don't want to spend. I'm going to drive here and then spend an equal amount of time that it took to drive here circling for parking. Yeah, totally. <laughs> if you can just bike there and then you can park anywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, I do. Uh, so I have um, I don't bike that much, but I have a, a one wheel, which is essentially like an electric. Skateboard. Oh, yeah, cool. uh, so like when I do my photo shoots in downtown, which I used to do a lot more of uh, lately, not as many, but I would park like I'd find some place like right on the edge of the east side where there was I didn't have to pay for parking. And then I would just pull my one wheel out and scoot into downtown. That's and awesome. The easiest, like, so like I did part of the trip in one way and then part yeah. of the trip the other way. <laughs> I love that. That's cool. Those things are so wild. And there's like, do you know that there's like a Providence e-mobile, like um, one wheel group on Facebook? I oh, really? It. I didn't know that. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And they go for little, they go for rides together. Sometimes you see like six of them out together. It's so funny. <laughs> whenever awesome. I see one, someone riding, I've never seen you ride yours, Nick, but whenever I see people riding them, I'm like, how are you coordinated enough? coordinated enough to do that at that speed like i do not with like like you know with concrete (laughs) that's nothing the uh so there's like the actual like literal electric skateboard some of those do like almost 40 miles an hour it's i went that's wild i went to san francisco like not too long ago and there was someone using i don't know if it was like a one wheel or if it was electric skateboard going down a, a hill that's already like super steep where you I'm sure you would get a lot of speed if there was no electric component to it. This guy was going faster than the cars. Like it was insane. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, you have to have like a lot of, you know, you should be wearing like a motorcycle helmet. inner confidence to be like, I'm going to go down this hill at 100 miles per hour. Oh. And yeah. really quick to circle back to like the biking sort of thing is like obviously for urban planning, for getting to using something more sustainable for commuting all that stuff like there's so many components that are amazing about you know like you said having alternatives to only using cars and another thing that I honestly just thought of is like even for like a human's health like riding a bike is a health if you're in an office all day just sitting in a chair right like taking your bike to go to the market even if it's a mile down the street like moving your body and getting like there's so many good things about like using something other than a car and it just took this conversation to be like oh I should I definitely need to start biking more because I do not move my body and that's why I can't do the hills <laughs> yeah we should all probably bike more um the, yeah there's like oh so many so many aspects to it um the and the exercise is a huge one like oh. I haven't ever paid for a gym I don't like the gym <laughs> I know that some people do like going to the gym that's yeah. that's that's great um I'm not one of them and and like just uh biking through the day moving your body that so we call this active transportation and that means that you are traveling under your own power as a human being whether that's walking biking skateboarding um uh and yeah it builds in exercise into your day and you see like 
public health benefits that are through the roof, through the roof, you know, you know, cardiovascular disease, like all of this stuff. So, so impacted. And especially for kids. It, the other thing is that when you see kids that bike or walk to school, um, their attention rates are so much better. They're like, they're just, they're, they have more self-esteem. Part of the thing that like I hated about the suburbs, and I think you touched on this, was having to ask my parents to go anywhere. Um, like, and, and my parents being like, I'm, I'm supposed to be a mom or dad, not a freaking chauffeur. (laughs) (laughs) And back in the, you know, back before cars really took over and like cars got so big and, and cell phones got, and distracted driving, such an, such a horrible, intractable problem. And when like our parents' generation, they just biked and walked around their neighborhoods, like it was normal. And now it's something we consider really unsafe for our kids to do. And and that has physically there have been people who map out the daily travels of children and kids worlds have gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, And and that like leads to this, you know, dependency, this thing um, and like a lack of self-esteem, lack of independence and really trying to create a world in which anybody, no matter what your age, your ability that you can roam around your city and go where you need to go independently. Yeah. Yeah, Bringing back the. touching on like uh like kids being able to ride around as well um yeah i mean that really is it so i was uh, i'm in the generation where like i was like old enough to be out and on my own like before cell phones like everybody was kind of just starting to get i had like a pager when i, <laughs> when I first got one <laughs> and uh the, like we used to go like you know we would just leave the house and yeah. like uh you know check in every once in a while maybe uh and be back when it's dark out mm. and yeah. like, that was what you did and like now that's like there are places where like people call the police if they see a kid walking by themselves right like, that's crazy like yeah that doesn't <laughs> like, yeah that's... people like don't feel like they can just let their kids go out and do their own thing mm. um but having a safe which i'm uh, uh, sure this is kind of where you you meant to be with this is like having these safe bike lanes and safe uh, ways for kids to be able to get around, get to school, get to their friend's house, get to the library to do homework, um, do that kind of thing. Uh, Maybe instills a little bit of confidence in parents that the kids, as long as you say like, you just got to stay in the bike lane and you can train your kid to do that. Then you know. Then maybe train your safer. kid to do that. That's well, that is so funny. <laughs> try training your kid to stay on a sidewalk. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know? And the other thing about bike lanes too is like, and I and I, I I don't know if this is part of it, but just it comes to mind is like, you know, I think a lot of times parents are nervous to let their kids go out is because no one is there's no eyes on them, right? Like there's no specific eyes on them. So if you know if something were to happen, no one is like around where bike lanes are a lot of times bike lanes are in you know a popular area so there's people walking there's other families there's businesses nearby so if anything were to happen there's people around right it's not like you're walking you know in some random street that no one is ever near you're in the middle of like i think about the one on south main street like if i had it if i had a child um, having them walk there, like you said, if, as long as you can train them to stay in the bike lane, I would feel comfortable because I know at any given moment there's, you know, a hundred families, there's people going to Plant City, there's people on the pedestrian bridge. So if if this child needed help, they could ask for help. They could ask someone to use a cell phone. Like there, there's like people around. People yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just like... Yeah you know, random. Absolutely. So like, we're super lucky to have this amazing system of um, regional bike trails. We have the East Bay bike path. We have the, uh, the Blackstone river path. We have the Washington secondary. And until very recently, like all of them stopped a mile short of downtown. (laughs) Right. So like (laughs) they're, they're regional. So like a lot of people in Providence, I've heard this over and over and over grew up with their with their folks driving them to the start of the bike path <laughs> and then you go out on the weekends yeah. and you come back but it's not like usable for other parts of your life and mm-hmm. so the great streets plan um, and this urban trail network that we're building the whole point of it is to connect all the all of these regional bike paths to each other and through the heart of the city so that anybody and any neighborhood so that if you're in Smith Hill you can get to the start of the East Bay bike path and if you're you know, in Summit, you can get to the start of the Winasquatucket River Greenway. Um, and so the South Water Street um, bike lane was really the end of the East Bay bike path. That's really what it is. Um, and then this year in 2022, so excited that the Winasquatucket 
um, Greenway is going to finally be extended from where it stops now in Olmeville to all the way to the mall through oh, the wow. valley wow. Um, along Kinsley and Promenade streets. So that goes out to Johnston. Um, and so now folks all the way out from Johnston and through Manton and really the heart of like the Western side of Providence can now will be able to actually get all the way through to mm -hmm. downtown if they, if they work at the mall or anywhere downtown rather than just like stopping short in Olmeville and then being like, oh, now I'm confronted with like horrible roads. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like yeah. if someone lives in Providence, right, like and they don't they might not have a car and they have a job like or maybe they work at a restaurant in, in Johnston. Right. Like how do you get there? <laughs> like and yeah. now there's an option for that. And that's like, you know, connecting things to Providence, I think, is so cool that you're that that's what you're I don't want to say focused on because you have so many things going on, but like as such a big part of your job and the Providence Street Coalition is like getting people where they need to go in a safe way. Um, and I know a lot of, you know, <laughs> we've talked about this before, like, you know, Rhode Island is they love their the way things are like they love tradition and it yeah. can be hard to like introduce something new. And I I think the more the more this becomes a conversation that like biking is actually like a really sustainable way to get to places and it's good for your heart. It's good for your brain. It's good for your kids. It's good for the environment. Like I think people will start to take notice and actually utilize it. And then, yeah. you know, in a year or two years when you're driving in Providence and you see people on bikes, they're going to be like, Oh shoot, this is why this happened. <laughs> like, it's good. And it obviously people need to, I know it's hard for people to be patient, but it's like, be patient. Even this conversation, I've learned so much talking to you. We've been talking for what, 30 minutes maybe. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to go home. My bike is in my basement. I'm getting that puppy out. She's a beautiful little red bike. She's so cute. I'm getting yeah. her out and I'm going to utilize her more. Yeah. Just from this like simple conversation. And I have, you know, I live like on the east side of Providence. So it is pretty safe to ride over there. I, I, I don't think there's any exclusive bike lanes yet, but I think there's some planning possibly for some. I'm mm -hmm. not sure. I don't want to say <laughs> off the record. Blackstone <laughs> well, Boulevard has the straight oh, yeah, bike duh. lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, to be honest, I don't go to the Blackstone Boulevard that often. I usually stay like back more. Um, mm -hmm. But now like uh, my husband's office is near um, South Main Street and it's like I could take my bike there and feel safe the whole way yeah. and not have to worry about parking possible. i hate Definitely. parallel yeah. parking it's gross yes. <laughs> yeah and so we're like uh in the car from the parking yeah <laughs> yeah we're like the uh we'd say it all the time the like the king and queen of tangents uh and, and so we we've kind of uh started talking about a lot of the things that you're working on kind of tangentially um and i just want to connect the dots so like you went you went back to school uh Thanks, for city Nick. planning yeah no problem <laughs> uh you went back to school for city planning then you brought yourself back um to the state uh yep. and where so going from being uh you know uh uh I'm going to draw a blank on it now. Uh, I always want to call it a rickshaw, and I know that's not the right oh, yeah. word for it. I don't <laughs> know why. Head. That's in my <laughs> head. Um, but going from being in Newport to then being in Providence, and then, like, what brings you to, like, the Providence Streets Coalition and what you're doing now? Yeah, yeah. So um, so while, while I was in graduate school in Boston, um, things were moving here um, <laughs> and it was really exciting. And so the between 2019 and 2020, the city of Providence and the state of Rhode Island each put out two transportation plans. So the city put out its climate justice plan, which has a whole section on transportation because transportation is the number one source of carbon emissions. And we absolutely like like there's a part of this that is like, yeah, bikes are fun and like, w let's do it. But then there's the other part that's like, we literally absolutely have to mm -hmm. stop driving gas powered cars like immediately if our children and grandchildren have any chance at a, at a, at a future. So that's like the scary part. Um, but I try to leave with the fun part. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so that's the climate justice part. Um, and then the um, and then the city also put out the Great Streets plan. Um, and meanwhile, at the same exact time, the state put out a statewide bicycle mobility plan that has a large part of, in Providence. Um, and the state also put out its first of, a, uh, first of its kind transit master plan, which um, through RIPTA, 
which is super exciting. And there's actually going to be um, our partner, my coalition partner, uh, Grow Smart Rhode Island is having a transit forum on Friday, January 14th. Um, that is going to look at the implementation of this transit master plan very deeply and how we need to accelerate that pace. Because like you say, Nick, like we don't have the subway. So we need we need way more robust public transportation system. Um, and RIPTA is moving on that and it's really exciting. So, so I was looking at that and saying, okay, there's four different plans. And the really sad thing is that over, like we've known about the carbon emissions, we've known about the, the mobility struggles for a super long time. And what normally happens is that these plans get written. Each one of these plans is like over 100 pages long. Each one of these plans has capital projects. It has policy recommendations, like hundreds of projects within each plan. And there's four plans. <laughs> and so it's like, okay. And what happens is that people get overwhelmed and there's no, and then the plans just sit on the shelf. These documents, they just go into the bookshelf and maybe one or two projects from them come out like are actually implemented and then it's like okay change of administration on to the next plan I'm gonna hire a whole new planning staff <laughs> and have you guys be like here's our shiny new plan um and so this time like with all with the climate crisis on our heels and so much and just like the need for change so so present it was like we absolutely need to see these four plans implemented and so the streets coalition is the movement to see that happen off the paper and into the streets. That's our motto. Um, take the four plans, get them off of the paper and into reality. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that is why I founded the Streets Coalition. And so I, I moved back to Providence literally the day after graduation. Graduation was like on a Sunday in Somerville. And then I was in Providence on Monday. Um, I had like signed a lease a month before and I was like, uh started on Monday um, and started going out to partners, to potential partners. I just like had conversations, coffee dates for six months, um, just having conversations with different who with the folks who are now our coalition partners, asking if they wanted to be part of this. And the response was just so wild, so immediate, just so enthusiastic. Um, and so what we really wanted to do was to widen and deepen the, the the conversation um, and the groups that are normally involved in these conversations. So we had traditional mobility groups like the Rhode Island Transit Riders, uh, the Rhode Island Bicycle Coalition, and Grow Smart Rhode Island. And um, but all three of those groups had a statewide focus and were not specifically focused on Providence. Um, and then Walk PVD came into being because of this Streets Coalition thing. Um, and then I was like, well, it's not, it can't just be mobility advocates it, it, because of the many ways in which it touches every aspect of our lives. We need to get more folks on board. So went to the, a bunch of housing CDCs like West Elmwood and One Neighborhood Builders and the Smith Hill Development Corporation, um, because housing and transportation are inextricably linked and like have to be part of the same conversation. The whole point is that people need to live closer to where they work so that they can take other modes other than cars to get places. Um, so we have to like be thinking about housing and land use as we're doing, as we're going along in these plans. Um, I obviously wanted it, the uh, sustainability movement to be part of it. So talking to uh, folks like Groundwork Rhode Island um, and even, and food and food organizations, because you have to be able to live and work near where your food source comes from. So Farm Fresh Rhode Island and Urban Greens Co-op and, um, and Southside Community Land Trust, so many, so like food organizations, um, and then youth, youth and both youth organizations and um, elder organizations. So AARP is one of our most fierce and amazing um, partners who really fight hard for this stuff because they want to make sure that people can age in place. So that if you're if you're older and you can no longer drive, that that doesn't mean you have to move. <laughs> like, that there are ways that you can get around um, your community without having to leave your home that you've lived in your whole life. And and then the youth, of course, and kind of this is where my heart is at, <laughs> yeah. um, because they are the ones inheriting our city. They're the ones inheriting our climate crisis, and they can't drive. <laughs> they they're too young. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so youth in action, young voices at Rhode Island. Um, I've been talking more with the Providence Student Union, and I love, love, love working with youth on, on these issues. Um, and so, yeah, so we started, and then local businesses also, they're 
incredibly, incredibly important um, to the movement. Um, often we see resistance from local businesses who think that um, changing streetscapes is going to negatively impact their bottom line, which we just know is untrue from the data from global <laughs> evidence to the contrary, that as you're saying that um, changing streetscapes for more options just only improves things and, and oftentimes um, contributes to a, a higher um, economic return. And um, yeah, so we needed a conversation that was wider and deeper and that's became the Providence Streets Coalition. That's, first of all, I know, like, obviously we were, you know, our conversation is like fun and light and well, it's not always <laughs> fun and light, but in, in it, it's, it's serious. Like the things that you're talking about are super serious and yeah. they're things that a lot of people, you know, and again, through talking to a lot of the who to watch um, honorees, everyone has sort of like a, a, a moment that they feel not a moment, sorry, a, a, something they feel really passionate about that they're is a big problem that a lot of people might not know about. And so it's yeah. exciting to be able to highlight people so more people can understand what's going on, right? Because like you might see a, a bike lane and be like, oh, why do we need more bike lanes? When actual, <laughs> like when in in life, there's actual data and people and, and, and work and time going into coming up with all of the reasons why we need one, why it's important for so many reasons for communities, for children, for health, for everything. And it's, you know, we're talking, like I said before, we're talking before, like, oh, bike's fun. But like hearing all the things that you just said, you know, we've said this before, but like reading an article and reading the work that you're doing, you know, you get an idea for it. But hearing you say like all the connections you had to make, all of the things that go into planning something, all the things that are important from living near a supermarket, living near a school, living near your job. Like those are the things that someone might not even think about when they're thinking about the work that you're doing. So it's really, thank you for explaining all that in depth and letting us know like all of the connections, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause you, you know, someone just thinking about, oh, Providence Street Coalition, oh, bikes. Like probably I'm, I'm going to make a blanket statement, have no idea <laughs> all of the time and effort and planning that someone like you and your team are going through to make sure that it's it's it can actually happen. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes too, uh, and this has come up a few times because a lot of the folks that are uh, part of our Who to Watch initiative are doing not similar things to you, but similar things in that they're trying to make changes and they're trying to do different things and they're trying to make policy change. And uh, a lot of the time, it's not. It really comes down to the fact that it's not about the argument you're making, but how you're making that argument. Yeah. So like the argument isn't like you can say there could be one group of people that came in and said, we need bike lanes. We're going to do that by removing tons of access to car lanes <laughs> where you could say, well, if we restructure the way we have this set up, all we have to do is repaint certain lines. We still keep our parking. It shifts out this way and we gain a bike lane and you lost like one lane. Now you have two instead of three, you know, and <laughs> like there's a doable way to make this happen where it's not all or nothing. Because a lot of the time, the compromise is how you get these things done. And at least it's the step in the right direction. Whether or not you want down the road, uh, you know, maybe there is a dream that we don't need to have um, even two lanes anymore because people found different modes of transportation that work for them. Uh, but as of right now, uh, instead of going the most extreme possible option, which leads to nothing getting done, you find a way that it works for the most possible people, businesses, um, you know, employees, uh, commuters, residents. And if you can figure out, figure that out, which is exactly what you're doing, talking about talking to all of these different people uh, and not just looking at it myopically, then you actually get things done, which is why you're getting things done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's we're just trying to find a balance, right? Like most almost. Um, so what we have currently, um, and, and it's not just in Providence, but all over the US, is that we have roads and then we have sidewalks. Mm -hmm. And what we're finding is that more and more people starting in starting um, about the turn of the century, about the year 2000, more and more people in cities are were choosing or required <laughs> um, for one reason or another to to ride bikes and scooters and one wheels and um, all of these different devices and motorized wheelchairs also is a big one um, that are in between 
like cars walking and, and, and walking speed. And so, and we don't belong on the sidewalk. <laughs> and we also don't belong in the road with cars because it's just a recipe for disaster, injury and fatality. It's not okay. Um, and so we're, we're like, we need this space for the medium speeds. Um, and that's what we're trying to carve out here in Providence with the, with this urban trail network. It's for medium speeds so that we can get out of the way. <laughs> it's really <laughs> funny. Um, so many, so often you find drive, like people who haven't really thought about this holistically, like really frustrated with us. And we're like, we actually want the exact same things, which is to be out of each other's way. Mm. I do one of my least favorite, um, everybody has it, but like one of my least favorite roads to ride on is Westminster <laughs> uh, in the West End. That's it's near where I live. Man, it sucks. It sucks so much to ride a bike on Westminster Street <laughs> because you're just there's nowhere to be. Yeah. There's you're parking on both sides and you got then two driving lanes and it's fast and there's nowhere to be. And I'm always in the way. And I'm like, I just want to be out of your way. And you also want me to be out of the way. <laughs> you yeah. just might not. Yeah. So that's a big um it's a, such a big uh, like motto of the coalition is uh, less confusion, more safety. Mm -hmm. We're just we're trying to make things less confusing for drivers by having a dedicated space for people who are not driving to be on the road. Um, and there's going to be peace on the road when we all get a piece of the road. Ah, you're uh, full. You, you have good taglines. Tag this is great. <laughs> and I think like you know, you said you mentioned before that businesses were afraid that, you know, adding a bike lane might make it harder to access their stores. And it's funny because as soon as you said that, I'm like, if I were a business owner, I feel like I would think the exact opposite. Because if my store was in an area where people who don't have cars can get to, like not only might someone might commute over there, but like if yeah. there's like an interesting place to bike or to walk like I know on weekends like my husband and I will go somewhere like we'll go to Newport for instance we'll yeah. park outside of Newport and take our bikes and ride our bikes in Newport and we'll yeah. go down streets that we've never been down before because it's a pain in the butt to drive or to find parking and you'll yep. again I'm not great at it and the hills are a real problem for me but you know you you drive down a, a road that you're like I would never have driven down this road if I were in a car, but I'm on a bike. So I go to this restaurant, I grab a beer, I grab a snack and they're getting this business because I decided to take a different form of transportation. Yeah. Well, I think uh, a lot of the concern there um, isn't always, cause I don't want to just speak for everybody that has an opinion, but isn't always that like, um, you know, getting bikes in here is going to disrupt car traffic. A lot of the time I think think people feel that the only way to get a bike lane in is to remove our parking yeah and that's i think the biggest concern for a business is like if we already have these tight roads like i don't see how on earth you can add a bike lane and not remove the parking which is in front of my business that i need so i think that's again kind of coming back to the idea of thinking creatively mm -hmm. and actually listening to the people in the area and then trying to find a way to make it work for everybody. Totally. Well, even yeah. in that, that street, I don't, I don't know what the street is called, but it has like, um, the Dean and, and Murph is it? The, yeah. The Dean hotel I, and like Murphy's. And I remember sounds, when, yes, thank you. And I remember great. when the, the, um, the bike lanes went in, I, a lot of people were like, Oh, the parking already sucks down here. But then I don't know who planned it. I don't know if it was you, Liza, or if it was someone else. Who who knows? The the biking gods. And they put parking in front of the bike lane. Yeah, they just shifted it over. Yeah, and I'm like, it's funny because everyone was so worried about it. And I'm sure, I'm, I'm not trying to say that it's easy because I know like for an, a place like Westminster, I'm sure that there's a lot of complicated situations. But there are ways, like Nick said, and like you've said, like creatively making space for everyone. Like there's a way yep. to make it happen. And honestly, like, it's funny. It's it is funny how people like pick arguments on on different things because like the parking in Providence, there's always construction. There's always something going on. It always sucks. Like it's not there's never been a time that it's been like, oh, man, the parking here has been great. So if there's more access to getting to yeah, I'll be the devil's advocate, though. And if I were the person saying our parking already sucks, you're going to just want to make it worse. <laughs> yeah, know? but I think if there's <laughs> options like, you know easier to walk and easier to take your one wheel or take like even those um those spin scooters right again like where do you drive those when you're in the city on the sidewalk you, you shouldn't right that's dangerous you shouldn't drive it with cars that's very scary so like we have all these means to, to there's I feel like we're just at the cusp of like 
we have the things, we just have to use the things and we have to figure the things out. Yes. There are trade-offs and not every street. There are some streets, some, there are, there's a lot of excess capacity in, in Providence and that's what was able to achieve a lot. But also there are some streets that are just too narrow Yeah, and that, and that there are trade-offs and like, we can't, I'm not going to pretend like that's not a thing. Um, like on Hope Street, for instance, where we're going to try a temporary um, urban trail mm. that for one week this May, um, we're going to test out and see what happens if we convert, if we consolidate parking to one side of the street and allow that uh, the other side to be used for active mobility. Um, we're just going to try it out for one week, see how it goes. Give me the dates. Uh, I'll ride. I'll be. I'll make it like a, a goal to every day ride on that bike path. So people yeah. see me in my little red bike on that freaking bike path. Yeah, and shopping and yes. shopping by bike. And, um, yeah, we're going to see. And like there are trade-offs. There, definitely. And sometimes you got to give it, there's only so much space between mm. curb to curb. Um, and that, and that's true, but there, and so where there is space, we are putting stuff in and where there's not enough space, like we're going to have to have some hard conversations and it's not always going to be easy. Yeah. And um, that's like the case. So, I mean, Providence especially is one, um, Newport's another one kind of historic areas, like really yeah. old cities that weren't like, you know, Washington DC or New York that were like built on a plan of like, this is built in a grid because of, uh, for the best use of space. Like, they were kind of just built as things got added and like, they were originally <laughs> built. They weren't, the roads were made to fit a buggy down, not a car. And yep. then we made them fit a car. <laughs> and then now because we made them fit a car, like now to add another thing, it's like, well, they're not, they weren't built to do all of this. <laughs> yeah. We do. There's always going to be a compromise on that stuff. Yeah. There's so much fascinating history about this stuff, man. Like, okay. A great example is empire street in Providence. So Empire Street um, was home to Providence's Chinatown. And there was a thriving Chinatown that was on Empire Street. And, and, and it was much narrower. It was super narrow. And, and around, I think it was like 1910, the city decided we need to like cars are coming, we need to, we don't want this Chinatown here anymore, we're going to bulldoze it all down all people's homes and businesses, and widen the street so that we can fit more cars through it and clear the slums. Um, and that's awful. And we did that, right? We did that. And then Empire Street was like, sort of like a highway for a long time until this year, when we said, actually, that was a terrible idea. We need to make it more narrow by putting in this bike lane. And we have, and and it's so fascinating because like this, um, yeah, like there are, there were mistakes made in the 20th century where we, where we decided to bulldoze people's neighborhoods and, um, and homes and businesses and uh, and way too often that went straight through communities of color mm -hmm. as a systematic approach to highway building was bulldoze the neighborhoods of color no and put in a highway and we did that here we did it all over the country mm -hmm. um and so just now we're starting to recognize how horrible that was and start to stitch neighborhoods back together but with these systems of transit um and try to atone for those wrongs mm -hmm. yeah, yeah and i think you know like we're all kind of I think we're we're all on the same page that that what you're doing, the work that you're doing is very much necessary. There's obviously going to be a lot of obstacles and, and a, lo a lot of, you know, headbutting and a lot of compromise and all that stuff. But I think having someone like you, Liza, at the helm, clearly you're extremely knowledgeable on all the things that why it makes sense. Right. So like anything that comes to the table, I think you you have the knowledge in the the and i'm sure the team around you is is this i'm assuming is similar to you like you're passionate about what you do you live what the the you live the example that you're setting which is which i knew as soon as i saw you riding on that pedestrian bridge with that little bike when it was like 10 degrees i'm like this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> this is like you know full you know this is she is what she does and obviously <clears throat> Like I said, there's going to be obstacles and there's going to be compromise, whatever. But I think having someone like you at the helm, I think makes me feel confident and makes me feel like, okay, I, this is going to, this is going to happen. It's going to take time. It's going to obviously take a lot of work. And clearly you're surrounding yourself with other partners and collaborators and people that are working with you and communities that are working with you. And you're really trying to make a space where everyone feels safe to get where they need to go, which is really important. Um, so I'm really excited and I'm really happy that you're part of, you know, the Who to Watch list because I think 
living in Providence, so many people have been talking about the bike lanes, but they might not know, like I said before, they might not know like what is going into it and the work and the time and the history. And so it's really nice to shine a light on that because I think I'm hoping that anybody who lives in Providence who might listen to this might, who may have thought one way about the bike lanes is now going to be like, I should try using them. I should try being part (laughs) of it instead of just complaining about it or whatever, right? Like, I think that this, it it opens up a really needed conversation. Because like you said, like, like climate crisis is happening. Like, we're dealing with this. And you're not asking anyone to, like, get rid of their car. But, like, if we can all take a tiny, one day a week, you use your legs and you use a bike. Start small. Yep. Get there. But at least now people have the tools and the places to do it in a safe way. You know? Like, it's... Yeah. I'm just happy that... And I just... Uh, I'm going to barge in but and this is like the only time that i'm ever the one being like uh we need to stay on track <laughs> i know it's usually me <laughs> yeah i'm usually like way off somewhere on, in another country and sasha's like nick nick what are you doing uh no i just i'm kind of paying attention to time and i want to make sure we touch on everything um for so uh the pillar number two of Liza, to you're watch just stuff. so interesting yeah this has been a really awesome conversation um <laughs> is uh, just to make sure we i would talk about anything else that might be coming in 2022 uh i know you had talked about um uh kind of connecting the the greenways uh and the bike paths uh through providence and that was a big thing for you uh is there any other things that you wanted to touch on that are coming in the coming year yeah, absolutely. And just thank you so much for having me. And, and yes, it like bike lanes may seem simple and, but like it really needs a conversation mm. like this to flesh it out. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so appreciative to, for the opportunity to say more and give more context and, and stuff. Um, the project that I'm by far the most excited about and that I've been working on um, since I started was is Broad Street. Um, yeah, La Broa. It is the heart of South Providence. It is the mo- one of the most exciting and um, and 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 diverse streets in the whole city. It also has the unhappy distinction of being this the most dangerous street in the whole city in terms of traffic violence. So you have really really high numbers of people um, walking and biking, getting hit uh, by cars there, and and car crashes themselves. Um, and there is going to be a complete redesign of Broad Street happening very soon, starting wow. in the spring. They started it last sem- last fall, actually, with um, all new curb ramps um, on the sidewalks, and uh, it's the whole point of that is to connect Roger Will is to fix these safety issues, but also to connect Roger Williams Park to India Point Park. Oh wow! Um, yeah, yeah, and can and provide finally safe ways for for kids and families and anybody to access roger williams park um because it's it's roger williams park is like my favorite place in the city of providence and it is just not really accessible by anywhere any other (laughs) vehicle than a car it's not even accessible with a car honestly it's (laughs) driving in roger williams park is the most stressful like i would rather drive in new york city during peak traffic than drive through roger williams park that gives me so much stress the rotaries the weird parking like i don't know what to do sorry yeah totally (laughs) it's not good um but uh, yeah, so we're gonna. So right now, Broad Street is extremely broad. There, <laughs> there is this like center turning lane in the middle that where you can. There's like two lanes of parking, two lanes of driving, and then a center turning lane that where you can cross to either side, and that is a disaster and makes it super chaotic, super scary. No matter what, if you're driving, if you're if you're walking, or if you're biking, or taking the bus, lots of people take the bus on Broad Street on the R line, um, and so they're crossing the street to get to the bus stops. And that center turning lane is like a nightmare. So the city is going to totally repave the street. They're going to um, paint all new crosswalks, retime the traffic signals, give people more time to cross the street, uh, build these new bus islands like the ones we see on South Water Street and get rid of that center turning lane and um, create an urban trail on one side of the street. Wow. So there will still be two lanes of driving and two lanes of parking on both sides, um, as well as this new trail. It's going to be awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh my God, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. And it's going to provide finally a safe route um, between South Providence and downtown and and the east side and and, and all of the points. That's a really so, big thing uh, to be awesome. really excited about. I'm glad you got us back on track, Nick, because <laughs> if we didn't hear about this, I would have been so upset. Yeah, that's yeah. incredibly cool. And even, you know, I think uh, back to like 
Roger Williams, like they have such big events that I'm sure a lot of families and kids don't even get to experience because if they might make, I don't know if the bus schedule is appropriate for these things or if they want to go to the zoo on a weekend, like maybe they don't have access to a car or or whatever. And now you yeah. have the opportunity to to bring your kids to the zoo or like just walk around the park, be in like a nice green space and and exactly. enjoy the stuff that we have in our city that you might not have been able to get to in the past. That's so, that's very cool. Yeah. And also like crucially, you know, get helping folks who live in South Providence have safer access to downtown. Yeah. Um, to, jobs. Mm -hmm. to jobs. And, and like you said, connecting everything. Like if you have someone who lives in South Providence, but they work somewhere that is outside of the city, like they have access now to get there in a safe way. Yep. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And the bus, the bus times are going to speed up and it's, um, yeah, I'm so, I'm so excited about Broad Street. So. Yay. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. That's a, a, a kind of a, a fun final pin to put on the, this conversation because that's a really big one. That's coming high, in. a very high note. Uh, that's really, really cool. Uh, and then we always, I want to, uh, touch base on uh, making sure anybody that's listening and was really interested and wants to keep up with what's going on. Uh, what's the best way for everybody to to find you uh, yourself personally on social media? Uh, anything else going on? Websites? What do, what do you got for us? Yeah, awesome. Um, okay, so our website is pvdstreets.org. Uh, we're on Twitter at pvdstreets and Instagram at Providence Streets. Um, I, my personal account is Holy Spokes. There's a bike share company in Charleston, South Carolina, that's called Holy Spokes. And I just get like constantly tagged in there in like people having a nice time in Charleston. <laughs> but I, so like, nice. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't like asked you for it. Like, hey, can we have this like this Twitter or this Instagram handle back, please? Yeah, if they wanted to pay me, like, yeah, I would give it yeah, <laughs> payment only. That's the only way they're getting it. You got to get the money. That's how it works. Yes. But, um, uh, yeah, that's how to find us. And like, yeah, we are all about community organizing. We're about this movement of off the paper into the streets. And we need folks who are passionate about this from every single neighborhood um, in the city to get involved. So please, we're gonna start in 2022. I'm really excited about this. We're starting a brand new community organizing group just made up of volunteers um, who are gonna engage on a regular basis and like co-develop our strategies of how to win more change and how to, and we're gonna learn a lot about, uh, learn a lot together about how decisions are made and um, about transportation in the state, which is like the most mind bogglingly complicated and non-transparent thing you can imagine. Um, you know, they try to keep these decisions and 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 access to access to change like very bogged down in bureaucracy and very complicated. And yeah, transportation is weird. It's like super technical on the one hand and then on the other hand, like something everyone knows and experiences in their daily lives. And mm -hmm. so we're trying to bridge that gap between the government and the decision makers and the funding streams and and everyday people mm. um, and so offer um, an avenue to get skilled up in political education and change making and advocacy um, so I'm also super excited about that yay I'm I'm honestly like you know everyone like I said before everyone we've gotten to talk to has been like so incredible and it shines lights on on things that you know people might not realize are is a is something that's happening right in their community and things that need to change right in their community. So I'm really happy about this. And I think, you know, with with you specifically, Liza, and your sort of movement, everyone has seen or most likely has ridden a bike, but they don't really know how, you know, important it is for people that's to right. be able to ride a bike. And I think that this is, you know, a really I'm I'm really excited for people to hear about this because I think they don't even realize how important it is. Like I didn't yeah. realize until we had this conversation and I've been, you know, like I, I, I love the bike lanes. I think it's great because I've been in the situation where I've very unskillfully driven my bike down a street that I was in everyone's way and I got beeped at and stuff like, so I think it's great. But even in this conversation, hearing all the change that can happen and, and what that can mean for so many communities um, that have been left out of the conversation in the past. I think it's really, really important and really interesting. And I, I appreciate you being here. Yes, thank you. Yay. I would love to end just by saying that, like, 
as you said, like every child loves riding bikes, like pretty much. I, it's a universally beloved thing. And it's, and one of the reasons that I love riding is because it connects me to that child, that inner child that's in us and um, that experiences the world in like a sensory way. Um, and, and it's really, really, really fun and joyous to ride a bike Yeah, <laughs> in the city and seeing and taking in and feeling tactilely connected to the city in the way that being encased in a car in steel and glass just doesn't give you, you just, you can't smell the pizza, ch pizza shop as you bike past <laughs> and you can't wave hello to your friends. Like yeah. you can't like see your friends and like say, Hey, while you're riding past. Um, and so like most, almost everyone almost everybody um, rides a bike when they're a kid and then they like lose that, lose it somewhere along the way. And so we're trying to bring it back. Um, mm. And yes, it's very serious in, in many ways, connected yeah, public health and climate and economy, but like also it's really fun yeah. and, and really, really joyous. And um, we just want to spread that joy. Yay. Well, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Yeah, this yeah. was great. Thank you so much for coming on appreciate you so much thank you yay all right well uh we're gonna wrap this bad boy up and uh thank you listeners and thank you liza have an awesome rest of your day yay! <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs>